This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. I hope through this podcast, you get a little bit of encouragement and support and feel the community we are creating here at Why Is Everyone Yelling? Being a parent can be lonely and really hard sometimes. So I hope that these conversations can give you a little peace as well and comfort that you are not alone even though it feels like you are sometimes. Today's episode is episode 58, and my guest is Tori Summers. Wow, she was such a fun and energy-filled guest. Tori is a runner. She lives in Ohio, and in this episode, we get started there, and then we actually dive into her husband's journey being a three-time kidney transplant recipient. Wow, that's crazy. Um, He actually just had his third transplant this past summer, and we learn about Tori's business called Chadwick Home, which, listen, if you do Elf on the Shelf at all, she has a solution for you that you don't even have to think about where you're going to put that elf every year. I myself have actually never done that tradition, but she explains why she does this in a way that makes me want to do it. And Tori's little elf box exists to empower and support families to keep this magic alive, but not boggle you down or stress you out. Uh, This conversation was super casual and fun. You know, my vision for these conversations is to have you walk away with some valuable tools for your everyday life with your kids, but it's also for you to have a way to feel connection with couple of other parents or maybe it's an expert that I have on the show some weeks that you feel that connection through these conversations that you're just listening in on a conversation with two friends and I really feel like you're going to feel that through this conversation with Tori and I and she's going to inspire you to enjoy your everyday life. Friends if you are loving this podcast please share it with your group of parent friends that you know, aunts and uncles or brothers and sisters, whoever you know that is in this journey as well, so that we can get this in as many ears as possible. And if anything's ever helpful to you that you think, ah, I should share this with my friends who are also going through this same same thing, I would just be honored if you would consider sharing this show with your peer groups. Um, And leave us a quick rating interview if you have a minute. I think it will literally take you a minute to leave a quick rating interview on iTunes or wherever you're listening so that potential new listeners will also give us a shot. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Tori Summers. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling, we have Tori Summers on the show. Welcome to the show, Tori. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Really excited to have you on the show. I've been driving through Ohio quite a bit because we moved from Indiana to North Carolina. And so we are driving through your state quite often these days. 
Uh, I just love it here. It is my home. I am born, raised, and stayed a Buckeye. So although North Carolina, I kind of I wish I was there with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as we enter these winter cold months, I can understand that a little bit. We'll be yes. driving through for Christmas, though, so... Yeah, so you'll get the lovely cold weather and then you can go back south. Yeah, (laughs) though I don't think it's that different. I mean, I think it's going to be like a 15 degree difference. But when it's 20 and 35 here, that'll feel huge. Yeah, it is huge. And it's the I think, too, it's the change of scenery. Like, I I love it here because we have, um, you know, all seasons. Yes. Um, But there's something about the Carolinas that are just, I don't know. It it's so pretty down there. So I'm a little envious. <laughs> I think I'm sticking to you can't beat a Midwest fall. Yes. Like I think I'm sticking to that because I've been waiting for I'm like looking outside right now. I've been waiting for the leaves to change and they've changed a little bit, but not as much. And I'm like, is it gonna when, does that happen in December? What's gonna happen here? So I'm really <laughs> just trying to figure this out my first year here. Yeah, and it is gorgeous here right now. I will say, like I just came in from a run. And the sun is out, like the temps are really good um, and the leaves, like everything is just, it's a little late and changing here, but um, everything is just beautiful. So I'm trying to take advantage, like today it's going to be maybe like the high 60s. Nice. So like we're going to put flip-flops on this afternoon and like soak in those last little warm fall days while we have it. For sure. Yeah, I saw that you're a runner, which is so interesting to me. Did you know I host a running podcast too? You know what? I did hear that. And so that I definitely will have to um, dive into. But yeah, I've been a runner. um, I'm trying to think. It was later in life. So like my late 30s, um, I started running because my daughter started running in elementary school with Girls on Run. And I just felt like she can't run her first 5K without her mom running with her. And so I just started training. And I'm like, what am I doing? I hate running. This is stupid. (laughs) Um, and I've been a tennis player my whole life. So tennis is very much stop, start, no long distance. It's a lot of sprints and footwork. Um, and, but I just started slowly with five K's then, um, got into the longer distances. And when I was 45, I ran the 26.2. So I did it. I trained with marathoners and training, uh, with fleet feet sports here in Columbus, huge, huge, um, Huge thing and made such a difference in my training with coaches and teammates. Um, and I crossed the finish line with some of my teammates and my husband and my kids were at mile 18 and I had friends along the way and at the finish. But um, yeah, this is a later in life thing and I love it. And I think I've probably got one more marathon in me, but I've done, I do halves like crazy. I love, I love that distance. It's a good distance. So it's so yeah, much just, more manageable. Yes. Yeah. And the thought process behind it, like you're not gearing up like that, that 20 mile training run, like that's long and it's time consuming. And, um, but the 13.1, it's a good long distance goal. Um, and especially when you're training with friends, it makes it that much more attainable. So yeah, I'm doing it (laughs) and I love it. That is so interesting to me that that's when you started running, when your daughter joined girls on the run. My mom started running. She doesn't run anymore, unfortunately, because she has a bad knee. But um, she started running when I started running cross-country in high school. 
And she oh would gosh. like come out and warm up with me sometimes and, you know, go on little runs with me when I was off season and things like that. And then we ran our first half marathon at the same time and ran a couple of marathons, not together, but like in the same race. And so I think that's really cool when parents can be inspired to start moving their bodies and trying something new when they see it through the eyes of their kids. Absolutely. And I feel like too, like my daughter has kind of taken, um, kind of the path that I did. She has been playing tennis since she was five. Um, she did a little bit of ballet and she's like, Nope, it's not for me. And we put her on the tennis court and my husband's like, Oh, you're just doing this because it's your sport, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, watch her. So he came out and she came off the court that day and said, mom, this is my sport. And ever since then, that I mean, she now is a junior in high school, and we are oh, at a point where we're looking at colleges, uh-huh. and she is going to play tennis at a collegiate level. And um, it's exciting to see her taking her sport to the next level. But I have gotten to be at that place where I've shared that passion I've had, and she's taken it way beyond where I ever did, but I get to be a part of that. And so we're mirroring where the running, she kind of brought that into my life and I brought the tennis in her oh, life. Oh, that's so cool. It's very cool. And we're doing it together. Like we'll go out and I, now I have to beg her to go out and hit um, because <laughs> she's such at a great level uh-huh. that she goes out with her teammates. Um, and honestly, the girls on the tennis team at her school kind of just deal with me. I'm like, I'm the tennis mom and I'm going to come <laughs> out. And I'm going to hit with y'all and I'm going to do all the things with you because I love it. And I love their energy. Um, it really brings life. Like I'm 47, but I'm not 47. You yeah. know, I feel they, I feel young. I want to be a part of it. And even honestly, even with my son, he is um, 14 and uh, <laughs> plays football, power lifts and plays baseball. And he's in the gym pretty much every day. Wow. Um, and when he was starting football, he's like, mom, I need you to come out and hike the, um, be the quarterback. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, I got to practice hiking the ball. And you're the size of the quarterback. And I'm only 4'11 and a half. So this was like, <laughs> oh, you um, are. Wow. Yeah, I'm tiny. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the middle school quarterbacks are not very tall. But it was so cool getting to have that experience. Like we are in it together as a family. Um, my husband is getting back into shape. He is um, a post-transplant kidney recipient. And we do have a family trainer we work with. Um, he's been with us for two years, I think. That's and so, so cool. Yeah, he um, is fantastic and works with athletes. He used to actually train for um, the Atlanta Falcons way back. Um, so he knows athletes very well. And he tra- like we train every Sunday morning together as a family. Your whole with, family. With our whole family together. Um, so we're, we're all in the health and wellness piece together and, and sharing being athletes, no matter what age we are, we are a sports family and it's really fun because I'm feeling like time is flying. And so I'm really trying to soak in and enjoy, um, these moments we have together, moving our bodies, supporting each other. Um, it's, it's super special and it's very unique. What does that look like, though? Because you all have different fitness goals. He comes in and like he knows each of your different goals or do you do one big family workout? 
No, he specializes. It's really, he blows my mind really how he does it. And he's, he doesn't come in with anything written. Um, We go to him. He used to train at, yeah, we used to train um, at a center or like a, it was an athletic club here in Columbus and it closed after 40 years in business, which we were all super sad because it was like a family situation Um, and kind of like trainers and instructors just scattered all over Columbus. Well, he found a space um, in the bottom of a tennis center, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, But it is a full gym that the tennis center wasn't using. So he leases that, which is fantastic. So um, it's probably like a 20 minute drive from our house. And we go on Sunday mornings. And I mean, he has another full time job as a trainer for like, he's a high school athletic trainer. Um, with one of our health systems here. So that's his full-time job. So he does this on the side um, and he really is fantastic. And when he trains us, like he'll start me off doing something. He'll, then he'll go to my daughter and then he'll go to my son and then to my husband and he gives us something and we kind of just do what he tells us to do. And he walks around and, and checks on us and then he gives us our next marching orders. And sometimes we do things together. So, you know, there, there are things that, um, like footwork, my daughter and I will do that together. Um, but you know, my son is on a different track, um, as far as his powerlifting competitions. So he's really good about separating and make them making the most of our time. And, you know, my husband's just coming off of a transplant, which was in June. So his body is way different from where we are. Um, Justin just knows how to do it. And it's so fun. And he's become part of our family. That's truly. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, it's the most painful, (laughs) but most fun hour um, of our week together. It's awesome. I love that he's, you say he's become part of your family because I feel like those, those relationships can be like totally transactional and this is my trainer. But if you like open yourself up to let people in and they do the same, it's just, those are the connections that we need. Absolutely. Okay, I want to talk about your husband's kidney transplants. He's had three kidney transplants. Yes, he has. What, talk to us um, a little bit about that journey. Okay, so let's see. We started dating in college, um, and he was told shortly after we started dating that um, he was going to have to have a transplant at some point in his life. Um, so we knew that going in and we didn't think about it because we were in our twenties and like, you know, nothing happens in the world. Everything is perfect. Yeah. Um, and so then in 99, we were getting married in June of 99 and in January of 99, we went and saw, um, a nephrologist here in Columbus who said, uh, this year you're going to have to have a transplant. So think about it. We're in the middle of wedding planning and all the excitement that brings. And then you're told this and you're still like, honestly, I think we were still pretty clueless about what this was all going to mean and what was going to happen. Um, but we got married and everything was fine. And he did, he was not on dialysis at that point. Um, but they ended up putting him on the transplant list. And we are very lucky here in Columbus. Obviously, we have the Ohio State University and the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center is 10 minutes from our house. So we are very lucky that and they they are known for transplants. So we were very lucky with that. And um, after 30 days being on the list, 
he got a call right first thing in the morning, like that woke us up out of bed and said, we have a perfect match. Get in here. Like we're doing this (laughs) today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was so crazy. So we had not even been married a year when that happened. Um, so, and he had the transplant all went really, really well. And he was home four days later. It was so crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not a nurse. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, right. I'm, I'm 25 years old. Like what's going on? Um, but it just, it, it was amazing. And it gave us our whole newlywed life and it gave us the chance to have our babies. So Martin, um, was, let's see, that was five years later. Martin was born and then Tucker came along three, three years later after that. Um, so Mark's first kidney lasted about 10 to 11 years. Is that standard? How long do they normally last? It depends. I mean, I know of people that have kidneys 20 years old or, or longer, um, live donors. It does last longer. It has, you know, a better life coming from a live donor. So marks are all from uh, deceased donors and we do not know who they are. We, we have sent letters through a wonderful organization here in Columbus called Lifeline of Ohio. Um, They are truly the lifeline of donate life here in Columbus and of Ohio. Um, And so they, we were able to send like, thank you very much letters um, through them and they were able to get them to the families, but you have to sign releases for all of that um, because it is a thing. Um, And so the families, we just don't know who they are. So um, then after that one, so the kids were really, really young. Um, when his first kidney started failing and he was on dialysis for three and a half years. Wow. Um, yeah. And it wasn't easy. He really kind of struggled through that, but I will say this, that, um, that was a gift because we were able to still live. We, we still found joy in every day. Um, we are a family that believes that this is a small part of our story and we're not going to sit and let that be our entire story. So you find joy in every day. And we were able, like he planned a whole trip to Disney and we went to Disney while he was on dialysis. Yep. Yep. There was a dialysis facility about 10 minutes off of the Polynesian property. And so, and we drove so he could then drive and he would drive for treatment three times during that week. And so we just stayed on property and did what we, you know, hung out at the pools, et cetera, when he had treatment. And then on the off days, we'd go to the parks. So it's still possible to have a life during that time. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Um, then, then he had a second transplant and that one did not last long. It was like four, five-ish years, I think. And he was back on dialysis. Um, he kind of chose while it we knew it was failing. He kind of chose it's time for me to go on Dallas dialysis again, because once you do that, then you're able to get back on the transplant list. Mm. And, and his um, antibodies were rising. So like the third time, because your body builds immunity to that you have in a rejection drugs you take, but his antibodies were about at like 98. So it really took like the perfect match this time. Um, and that's why it took four and a half years to find the perfect match. Um, and we were thinking it was going to take longer. And we got a call, I think it was on a Friday in June, Friday afternoon. I was working, I was sitting in our kitchen, just working on my computer. 
and he was just watching something on Netflix just and he got in home. life. <laughs> We're just like, and he looked at me and he's like, Oh my God, this is it. Like, so, and it's honestly, this time was easier because the kids are older. Yeah. Uh, Marin can drive. So it was a lot easier in the process. It, you know, it's interesting to see the met, how medical things change in 20 years because really it's been, we've been married for 22. So in 22 years, um, the procedures, the medications, the recovery time, everything is different from what it was in the very beginning um, wow. for the better, truly. Um, even the cost, the cost is different. Um, I'm grateful for insurance that took care of it all. That's great. Um, but everything is different about it. And, um, and in with COVID, um, that was even a whole different process. And thank goodness, like he, he was vaccinated um, way back before any of us could yeah. get vaccinated. OSU opened for immune suppressed humans. So great. he was able to get that. Um, and I'm thankful we made that decision early on because we were fearful as to what is happening now with medical centers is that they're saying if you're not vaccinated, no transplant for you. Yeah. So that's starting to happen. Um, so now he, you know, so we were grateful that happened. And I, I was able to go into the waiting room and wait. I was able to go into his room. Um, so all the kids were not, and they're under 18. So they're, they're not able to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been a process. It's been part of our life since the very first you know, or shortly thereafter, after Mark and I met. So um, it's, we are grateful, honestly, for the experience. We wouldn't be where we are, or who we are without this. Um, we are certainly grateful for our three donors because we wouldn't have our children. Um, and we wouldn't have the life experiences we've had, you know, and so we take that very seriously. And um, we want to live life to the as full as we possibly can because of the gifts we've been given. So it, it's crazy. <laughs> Did was he born with a genetic issue with his kidneys? Um, not that we know of. He had mono in college, and that's how they found it. They wow. think it's not genetic. It's just something that happened where both of the his original kidneys just shrank mm, when he had mono. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if it was mono that caused that, Yeah. but that's when they discovered it. Wow. So um, there's a name for it and it's a super long medical name that I can never pronounce, um, but it, it's just something that happens. And um, if they're still in there, they're like super, super tiny. Oh, they didn't um, remove them when they put the new ones in. No, no. And you know, it, his current kidneys, well now, and they didn't remove the other two. So he's got like nine kidneys. <laughs> he does. <laughs> like the bionic kidney person really that's interesting that they don't remove them yeah and well because for him he was on he's on blood thinners for heart stuff because you know kidneys affect the heart etc um and they said he was bleeding enough they didn't want to leave or try to remove something else yeah plus the kidneys in there were scarred and so that surgically is a very detailed situation yeah. and it's just easier just to leave them in there. So, and they're in the front. So the ureters they create are small because they're close to the bladder. So he literally has one on the right side, one on the left side and one in the middle. Now. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy that yeah. 
like the human body can do that and accept those things and that doctors yeah. know how to do it. It's just so wild. And it makes you so thankful that we're living in this era, you know, and not Absolutely. 50 years ago. Wow. Hey friends, a quick break here to let you know that if you are interested in training for a half marathon or a marathon, I am a running coach and I actually have training plans on my websites that are pre-designed. lindsayhine.com is my website and I have four half marathon training plans starting at the beginner level and then we have a beginner to intermediate level, an intermediate plan as well as an advanced plan and then I also have a beginner, an intermediate, and an advanced marathon training plan as well. Um, I created the half marathon plans. I have four of those rather than three just because I felt like there was a pretty big bridge between a true beginner half marathon training plan and an intermediate plan. So I really think there's something there for everybody, no matter where you might be in your journey with running if you are a runner or want to be a runner. Those plans come with pace charts as well as pre and post run dynamic stretching and strength exercises that I recommend you do so that you can stay injury free as well as a weekly strength routine I also recommend doing. Video breakdown with directions from me all included in the plan um, as well as a key that describes all the workouts and all of the lingo I use in the training plan. It's a pretty detailed plan that I put a lot of work into and I really truly believe in. Um, so if you are looking or you know someone looking to run a half marathon or a marathon and you just need a simple training plan to follow and hold you accountable, you can find those at lindsayhine.com. I also coach runners. So if you're looking for a one-on-one -on -one coach, I can do that as well. Uh, my email is lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. To learn more, hit me up. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Tori Summers. Yeah, so when that diagnosis happened, like you're in your 20s, like, you know, I assume, I feel like if you get a diagnosis like that when you're 25, it's different than getting a diagnosis like that when you're 45. Your just view on life and mortality and the whole shebang changes as you age, right? So what was that like walking through that with him at such a young age? I think we were so in it that it just, it was part of our life. Like we didn't really think about it much, but we all, we didn't think about life being different. Now I will say when, when we were in our twenties, not many people our age were going through things like this. Right. Um, so I think that was the difficult part is just having people understanding what we were going through and that Mark was different from them. Um, and I think that was hard for Mark being different from a 25 year old, 26 year old. Um, and what our life was, um, was different, but yeah, I mean, we looked at things like this life is today yeah. and we're, we're not going to wallow in all the negativity. We're going to, we always kind of roll with, we find the joy in every day. Um, and we really took that like on our wedding day, I had red wine spilled on my gown at, like at the, you know, during <laughs> dancing, whatever, like, and I could have cared less at that point, 
But I kind of use that as an analogy because at that point I could have gone in the bathroom and cried. Yeah. Right. The rest of the night and missed out on two years of wonderful planning or I could have been on the dance floor dancing. Yeah. And I chose to dance. And so that's what we did during that period of time is we chose to dance every day. And honestly, I don't really think. I think I was very naive at that age to think about the mortality piece and the severity of mm-hmm. what that was. Um, yeah, it just, and I, I will say this one thing too, I forgot to even mention is a month after um, Mark's first transplant, they found a large tumor in my abdomen, um, the size of a volleyball. And I had abdominal surgery then. So he was recovering and um, I was in surgery. <laughs> wow. I, for- I totally forgot about that. Oh, just a little um, blip in crazy. time. Just, and it was just like a random just, benign tumor. Yeah. And honestly, the surgeon looked at me and said it was cancer. And because I was in, and this is why I would, now I'm thinking about it, because I was 25, I was like, you are crazy. I do not have cancer. Like it, it wasn't scary to me because I think, being that young, you're just thinking you're invincible. So I went in to that surgery and it was a very serious surgery. Yeah. But I just had, I was clueless. I was completely clueless. Um, and luckily I was right and it was non-cancerous and it was kind of like a freaking nature and they did, um, they did grand rounds on it. So my tumor, like they kept it and they did tours and talks with other doctors. Wow. Super, yeah, so rare. Super abnormal. Wow. Um, so we were recovering together at that point. Um, and my mom, my mom, who was down in Florida at her beach house, flew up twice back and forth to take care of us. Oh, it was crazy. But like during that time, I just didn't think about dying or this, any severity of what that was um because we were that young so we just so honestly as a, a new newlyweds that kind of really um brought us together in a crazy crazy way so you know we were comparing scars and staples and all the <laughs> crazy stuff and it really pushed us it gave us that strength that you can get through anything like this is not it it, it sucked and it was hard but if we could get through that at that young age, anything that came later on um, was we were going to be able to handle. And we really had some hard stuff. And being a young mother going through that and being a caretaker to my babies and to my husband, that was hard stuff. But I knew I knew if I could get I got through what I got through, I could certainly handle this. And I will say that we had a village and I was grateful. My mother was retired and lived 10 minutes from us when she wasn't in Florida. And literally I could call the woman and just say, I need you. And she would drop everything and show up. Um, And that was huge. So, yeah. (laughs) Man, those of us who have our moms as adults are very fortunate. I was just like sick with a, like a flu virus or something this weekend. And um, I called my mom and I immediately felt better. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah. and it's just, I, rem- I remember like even, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, I was sick another time and, um, I was, it was, we were in, at my in-laws for Christmas and my husband's aunt was like, you know, even at like 60 years old, I still want my mom when I'm sick. Yeah. yeah. Special job we have. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I want to talk about, well, first of all, were you a stay at home mom at that time? 
Um, yes and no. Like, I mean, I worked part-time at our church. So I was working in, I'm trying to think. I think I was. Like, when the kids were little, um, I was working in our K-5 department at church. So it was... Um, it was pretty easy to be a caretaker. I mean, it was our church. <laughs> like, Come on, kids, like, let's what go. Better, right. What, what better place to work when you're in a situation where you need uh, support and prayers and understanding? And the, yes, the kids and our, um, my kids went to preschool okay, there. Nice. So that was super helpful. And it's honestly the church I grew up in. Um, and so I went to preschool where they did. Wow. And um, yeah. And so like there was already that family support atmosphere there and a familiarity of it. Um, So, yeah, I was doing a little part time gig there and they could come. um, And I worked at in the summers. I would go down to our church camp, Camp Akita, um, and they would get to come, which was really cool. And I had one of the old counselors come with me as like my nanny. And I mean, since she had been a previous counselor, she just took the kids and she knew the camp and they got to do all kinds of fun things. So that is a rarity to have that support um, and being able to do something. Cause I felt I'm always one that needs to be doing something. Um, I was home for a little bit and I I think my creativity and my brain just got a little restless mm-hmm. um, and felt like that calling, like I needed to do something. So the church was kind of a perfect scenario. And on days where I needed to just be by myself without the kids, my mom was able to jump in and and help with all that. So, and they would go on little Mimi. My mom was Mimi and she would take them on little adventures and they'd always end up at Jenny's ice cream. <laughs> ah, I love it. It's a good place to be. Well, tell us, yep. when, tell us about when you started Chadwick home and what that is. So, okay. Um, I'm trying to think it's been four. This is my, yeah, four years. Um, four years ago, I was actually working in the non-for-profit world and um, I, my background is in event planning. I st- had my own business in my 20s and was in wedding planning. I, and I loved it. I absolutely, like, I am an event planner through and through. Give me a good, whatever it is, I will create an event. Um, but I felt like that I couldn't sustain that being pregnant and mm-hmm. being a mom, et cetera. Um, so I kind of went into other jobs and um I ended up in the non-for-profit world, which I got to do a lot of um, charity fundraisers Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I got into program coordinating, which I loved. But I was in the last non-for-profit where I worked, I was downsized and it was kind of sudden. It sucked, to be honest. Like my heart was very in the organization and it just really took the wind out of my sails for a little bit. And I just like, I, I kept thinking, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I remember talking to one of our ministers at church and he's like, okay, he's like, first of all, when have you ever taken your foot off the gas? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Never. Uh, <laughs> and he said, what you need to do is just pause, mm. stop trying to force something, just pause and it will come. And I'm like, you are crazy. Um, but I did. I paused. It's scary to pause. And 
it's very scary to pause. And but this again, this calling came to me. Um, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My mom's family is um, from London originally. And so I've done all this like research where, you know, I have grandfathers, great grandfathers who were all entrepreneurs, um, inventors. So I've realized this is just deep within me and which just excites me to no end that this calling comes from somewhere. And so I was in that point in time where I was like, crap, what do I do? I just like, I've got to do something. I need to care for my family. I need to have that support, but I need something because I felt like people in the world are like, well, great. What is she going to do? How is she going to, you know, and it just kind of came over me and I started planning this business. I started looking at, okay, event planning, but I wanted, I want to have a life though. Event planning can really pull you Uh away very quickly and easily. Um, and I'm like, I don't, I know this time with my kids is fleeting and I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't want to be on my feet 12 hours a day, even though that just gives me such happiness. Um, I love sitting back and watching all the plans we plan, like just sitting in the background, watching the event come together. Like seriously, that makes me so happy and just fills my bucket. Um, But I knew I needed to look at it in a different way. So I just kind of started planning and I was sitting with, um, so this guy named Scott, he is like the older brother I've never had. Um, I have known Scott since I was in middle school. He was one of my counselors at Camp Akita. (laughs) Um, And he's been in my life since. And he's my kid's godfather. And he has just been such a huge support and advisor to both my husband and myself. And um, we started meeting and he and I just kind of started hashing stuff out. I'm like, well, this is what I want to do. I kind of want to do events, but I kind of want to do gift boxes and I want to put them in a box and like an event in a box where I don't have to be at the event. <laughs> like, and we just started talking. He's like, well, and my middle name happens to be Chadwick. And that's what my husband calls me if he wants my attention. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is something he's done since we met. And Scott looked at me one day and he's like, well, why don't you just call it Chadwick Home? Like, because I look at events and things um, when you're doing gift boxes, home home is more than your front door. Truly. It is, it is. A place where you feel safe. It is a place where you feel unique to yourself um, and where you can just be. And I feel like that can be like for us putting on those running shoes and you hit that pavement. There's home. That's, you know, I, I used to um, be an actress for a little bit oh, in my life. And that stage, I can start like, I, honestly, one of the biggest thrills of my life would be like the drum major for OSU and march out on that field with all those people. Like I would feel so at home being there with that huge amount of people. Like a stage made is, is home to me. Like I felt like I was just walking into something that I was truly comfortable with. So that was part of the creation of these gift boxes was giving something to someone to help them feel like their home is being celebrated, that their space, who they are 
is is being celebrated. It's not just a few things in a box that somebody just wanted, you know, to give a gift and somebody else put it together for you. Um, everything I create comes from my heart and and really comes from research from the person who's gifting about the person who's receiving it, etc. So there's a lot of thought put into it. And that's where I kind of felt like the the Chadwick in the home and like there was a lot of discussion about that and and kind of working through what that was and and also I love designing and I love creating home spaces so I'm not like I am not an educated um, interior designer by any means like don't make me do math don't make me measure anything <laughs> I, my brain my brain doesn't work that way at all um, but I can I have a conceptual so my mother told me way way back which makes so much sense now um i have a conceptual genius brain so i am moving furniture in my head constantly um i am seeing things like i could choreograph a dance and remember it um so like i do that in our house i change things around constantly and it drives my family absolutely <laughs> crazy um, but I love styling things. So I'm kind of, and that is also part of what Chadwick Home is. I haven't done a lot of it because I've been so focused on this box piece. Um, but it's something I want to incorporate in. And um, I just, I felt like that calling. I felt like that was there. And so Scott and my husband, Mark, and my kids have all been a part of helping create what this business is. Um, so that's in a long, long <laughs> description that's kind of that's how it got started I wish I would have known about you when I I just uh ordered some I just went on Etsy and ordered like a cozy box for um a friend of mine who had had surgery and I was like I don't know I was just trying to find something that like you said felt like home and anything from like a big box store or I don't know everything just felt so like it not personal and so I love this concept of like ordering from someone who's literally like putting it together in their home. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my biggest thing is like, it's coming from me. It's, I do the shopping. I, you know, it seems like a lot of work though. Like I'm like, oh, but I love it. It <laughs> is, it is. Um, but I really love it. And I use my biggest thing is I use local. Um, oh, I, I am love a, that. Yeah. So I will, I, I have some favorites here in Columbus. So um, I live in Hilliard, Ohio. So it's a suburb of Columbus. Um, it is where I, I mean, I grew up in Upper Arlington as well as Hilliard. And I graduated from um, Hilliard High School, um, where actually my kids go to school or my daughter goes to school. Um, but I love it here. And I'm very, I take great pride in my community here in Hilliard. I just, I keep walking around our our little suburb. And I'm like, God, I love it here. I love living here. And I love um, the local vendors that are growing in our space. Columbus is really thriving um, with all kinds of uh, small entrepreneurs. And really, this, the city of Hilliard has done a great job in our little downtown area and bringing out um, a great coffee shop, cookie places, um, restaurants. So I try to hit when I do boxes um, and there are things listed in the favorites of someone that that hit those boxes. I will go 
local first. And my husband and I love going and checking out all the little local markets and stuff. So we try to really um, support those vendors. And I will say a lot of things to come from home goods. Not going to lie. Love home goods. I could spend all day in home goods. Um, oh, home goods stresses with- me out, man. I go in there and I'm like, <laughs> what do I need? What do I need? What did I come here for? Oh, do I need this? Do I need this pillow? Do I need this face? Um, I do that too. And that is why I walk in with a list now. Yep. And I stick to the list. I am I like really, a I'm lost like- puppy dog in that store every aisle. Yeah. And I wear hats. I'm like, don't. Like, it's like my little visor. Uh-huh. I'm like, don't look left or right look look forward and that's all you're doing because <laughs> i'll come out for stuff like not only for the boxes i'm doing but for our house you're too. like oh we needed my- this like s- spicy yeah. olive oil and these random cashews oh, yeah. that were in that last aisle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and my husband's like uh you don't need anything you wanted it and you need to take it back <laughs> so <laughs> Hey friends, a quick break here. I want to thank Gooder for being a supporter of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. And if you are looking for some fun, functional, and fashionable shades to wear while you are on the go, these are great. They don't slip around. They have really fun styles as well as basic and classic styles as well. And the price point cannot be beat. You don't have to be super stressed if one of your kids accidentally breaks your sunglasses. You all can save when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another one five. That's another one five. That'll save you 15% off all Gooder sunglasses. I recommend getting a classic pair and a fun pair. Some days you just need some bright colored sunglasses to feel alive. Go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15 for 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. Well, tell us about the elf box. Oh my goodness, this little elf. Are you so busy right now? I'm busy. This is this is certainly my busy time of year. So the Elf Box came with the creation of Chadwick Home. Um, the Elf was something that Mark and I did when the kids. Honestly, I think mine was too. I, obviously, I think we, the two of us, were more into it than she was. Like, yeah. who could have cared at that age? Um, but everybody was doing it. Elf it was on a the new shelf. Thing back I'm then. sure some. Elf on the shelf. I'm sure we have listeners that do it. Yes. And so we did it and two, all of our friends were doing it. So you just do it. Right. So, um, we got into it and then Tucker was born. He got into it and we caught them several times. Like one of them started reading the toys R us big catalog to the elf. Oh. Uh, like we, I mean, there were little things like we really caught them catching onto the elf. Mm. And so then we got into it and Mark started doing things like we did a zip line. We did all, you know, and we started posting what we were doing. And it was not, we at the time, I mean, Pinterest was either just starting or it wasn't yeah. even a thing. Like we were not doing it like that high level Pinterest way. We were just doing it our way, but this is we what were, we're having fun. Yeah. Right. And so we started posting and everybody's like, oh my God, you're out. This is crazy. Like you guys are doing too much, blah, blah, blah. But this is so cool. You Showing guys- us all up. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, keep sharing. This is so fun. And, and so we did. And I think we kept sharing like a couple years later 
And it came to me, I'm like, wait a minute, this could be a box. This could be something. Totally. Um, so when I started creating Chadwick Home, this was part of the original model is to do this. This came first um, before the um, celebration box. Oh, wow. You've been doing Truly. the longest. Yeah. So um, this is my fourth year. So I'm really excited because next year I, it will be year five and I'm really going to try to like amp it up a little bit for five. Uh-huh. I'm not sure exactly what, but I do, um, I, I create this literally, I do use some creative help by just looking at photos and stuff like I need inspiration. And then I, but I never read things. I never read instructions for things. I literally just get pictures and then start creating. Um, so I created this box four years ago and I was kind of thinking like, okay, this is just for local Columbus people just to help because we know this elf is super magical to the kids, but it's kind of a pain and a stressed appearance. Like I have to think of where to put this dang elf. Absolutely. So what I came up with was, well, why don't I do a box that literally has every day planned for you, that has all the supplies laid out for you. Um, every day from December 1st through December 24th plus there is an extra, um, that are like, just don't, didn't move cards. So it get, get, it gives you a backup just in case you forget. Um, so, and that's my event planner brain, right? So you've got plan A, plan B, plan yeah. C, you, you got to have all the plans just in case. Um, and so the first box I did was a lot bigger than what I have now. It had a few more things in it because I just had, I mean, this was just coming out of my head. I had no idea. Um, and so I started getting orders locally and all of a sudden, then I started getting like, well, do you ship? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say no. Like, of course I do. And so I looked at Mark and I was like, dude, um, I need, you have to be the director of shipping. Yeah. I can't even fathom how to make this work. So he ran over to FedEx, our local FedEx store here and got set up an account for me, got it all worked out. Um, so we started shipping, which was really mind blowing to me that this was happening. Um, like it just took off. So um, year two though, I learned a lot from that first year and shipping in itself causes like thought processes. On- oh, that would stress me out. Yeah. So there's weight involved, there's size involved. Um, you know, there is the fact of West Coast, East Coast, you know, all that when we're talking costs. So um, I always start creating the elf box, like literally once this one, probably mid-December, I'll start creating for next year mm. because it's right in my head and I know what I've done. And so I want to get it done on paper. Um, so I started creating the next one and kind of realized, okay, I need to make this box a little smaller. I need to pull out um, this activity. I need to, you know, so I kind of learned from that first experience um, and just really started working on thinking, okay, I have to do this multiple times. I'm the one putting it together. How do I make this work? You know, there, there was a lot of process involved that way, but my main, main goal, like to see the love it got and the support it got, was so huge to me and it made me really realize like wait this isn't just about making this elf do all these funny things right and it it was it's about creating that magic because we don't we don't have a lot of it 
you know, it goes so quickly and kids find out so, I feel like sooner, right? And so, and it's also not only creating magic for the kids, but this is a stressful thing for parents. And because we kind of live in the world of the Joneses, right? And what somebody else's elf did, because the kids talk. Um, it adds a lot of stress, unneeded stress to parents. And I just don't think that's how it should be. And so I think, it, you know, being able to have the creative brain I have that I can't turn off, I can use it to support parents. And now I'm in a place of teenagers. So now I, back when the kids were younger, I wouldn't have the ability to do this mm-hmm. because we were in it. But now I'm away from it and can support and can be that mom that can help other moms, other dads, other families with this. And so they can feel the magic because that's what we need. And especially in this crazy COVID place we're in, we as adults need that magic and need to be with our kiddos and experience that feeling of fun and silly. So, um, I just am so incredibly grateful that this has taken on and that that so many people are feeling like this is going to help them. And, and what I created, too, is um, super easy. Like, my goal is not to have the elf look all Pinteresty, right? It, it's not. It, it doesn't. It's going to be easy setup, easy cleanup. It may only have, like, one or two items in a bag. And it's not going to take up your entire house for the day. Because that was another thing, annoying thing that I started to realize as a parent. I'm like, shoot, I can't like use my bathroom all day. Because this, <laughs> this elf is like taking up. And if like I move it one inch, the kids are going to, you know, I mean, yeah. I have my, my oldest is crazy detailed and would notice everything. Yeah. So like. It is just, I, I want it to be like a seamless process. So that's kind of how it came to be and, and how I'm, you know, and what my thought process now going into year four, um, I was able to create a new logo. I have this amazing young graphic designer who gets me oh, and nice. um, she has created, I said, I need elves. That's I need a really Chadwick hard fi- fit to find. It's really hard to find a graphic designer that like, can just understand your who you are and your style it's I've I've really never landed on anybody (laughs) yeah for anything I've done I'm telling you she is amazing like I said even for my original just Chadwick home logo I said this is what I'm thinking and literally she got it and so amazing so I went back to her and I'm like I need my own elves I need my own box logo like now we're in a place like yeah so we need to bring what this, you're yeah. gonna yeah so what you're gonna see this year which is so exciting I have little elves I have a boy and a girl elf that are so cute and um my best friend who actually going back to fellow flowers who I met through fellow flowers oh, who cool. lives 10 minutes from me who I wouldn't have met if I had not been in fellow flowers which is so weird so cool. she said to me she said your girl elf needs to look like you when you're running in the winter and I usually wear braids oh that's fun and so the girl elf has little braids and I mean my graph my graphic designer Emma she got it she totally got it so it's even more fun and brightly colored this year because I really feel like kids need those bright colors and it needs to be fun and there is no naughty in my elf at all yeah um, that's there's not no naughty. About. We, 
that's not what it's about. We don't use the word naughty. We don't have a naughty list. Um, it's all about um, really warm, being silly, having fun, moving your body is in there. That was important to me. So like dance party day, uh-huh. um, you know, doing a little hide and seek, um, but also doing things for your community, your family. So there's like love and kindness day. So it's not about what crazy things else can do. It's what the elf is kind of um, pushing you to do outside of your own home I love for that. others. That's so yeah. cool. I yeah. have always been like, I'm not doing elf on the shelf. I'm not like giving myself a chore, but now you make me want to do it because I don't <laughs> have to, I don't have to like plan anything. And no. it is true. Like you, my oldest is nine and I think he like kind of believes in Santa Claus still like, uh, you know, it's like, eh, he's probably got a lot of suspicions, but he's like, he definitely kind of still thinks it's a thing. And it's like, as I'm entering a phase where like, we're leaving that with my oldest, it's like, oh yeah, man, there's something so magical about that. I always talk about it too. Like my youngest, you know, all the kids really, but you know, they just, Day to day, they're just living their life. Just what's going on right now, mm-hmm. today. There's no worry in the world. And it's like, gosh, it just just flies on by. Yep, it really does. And it, like capturing those moments, you just, you want to be in it. You want to be in, it's so hard. It's really hard for me. I am not one that, that um, stays in the moment very easily. So when they're young like that, you you know, the hard times you think it's never going to end, but it does. And it ends quickly. And then you move on and you're like, wow, that, you know, like I miss those like big round faces and the deep husky kid voices. Uh And like, you know, (laughs) I I, don't get me wrong. These teenagers, we've been, have been honestly amazing for our family. And I'm, I'm grateful that my kids are where they are and that we're where we are as a family. But um, you, that magic of just believing without having to prove, without having to see anything. It's just like their, their eyes are sparkling this time of year. Yeah. Um, There's no stress involved. They just know something really wonderful is coming and trying to be in that with them is hard. So this box definitely helps you get in that space that's so cool I encourage that (laughs) where do we find it um so I have a website it is chadwickhome.blog um so all the and you can click on like there's like a elf box little piece on the website so you can click on that and all the ordering information is there um I I use Venmo and PayPal super easy ordering process I do it all myself um, there's no one doing getting your order but me. Um, I'm a one woman show, and I answer all questions. I am because I used to be a wedding planner. I used to work with brides. <laughs> I know how important it is to get back to people as quickly as possible, oh, and it's important it. to me. Yeah. So I will respond, and I also have Facebook page. It's um, it is Chadwick Home Cozy Living and Celebrations. And I have Instagram and my Instagram um, handle is just Chadwick home. So um, I'm always posting there. So you can find me there. You can always DM me. You can, what, what is it on Facebook? What do we do? Message, Message yeah. whatever. 
find me wherever. I will answer <laughs> as quickly as I can. Um, I am creating these boxes until nobody else wants them. Like I don't have an ordering deadline. Last year I was filling them into December, which is okay. If you miss a day or two, it is honestly no big deal. You can keep and playing if, past Christmas if you want. Absolutely. And on you could double up days. Like there were days, Mark and I, like the, you know, the kids would go to school, the elf would be in one place and we'd be home. We'd move it. And then yeah. the kids would come home and be like, oh, the elf moved and got all excited. So there's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, and if you don't react, the kids won't even know that you've missed a couple days. Yeah. You know? That's so, good. Um, but I will support families as long as everybody wants it. Okay. So we're going to wrap here with some into the podcast questions. Very exciting. People, you can um, just have this done for you. You don't have to be stressed about it. I love it. What's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Okay, so I kind of mentioned it before, like with Chadwick Home, I really want to delve into um, the home piece, like the cozy living piece. Mm -hmm. So it's in my head, I just need to get it out. And yeah. another piece that I'm kind of working on is maybe like a Chadwick Home fitness piece, like CH Fit, and not being like fit, like, you know, but moving our bodies, et cetera, fitness, health and wellness, because that's what I do. It's part of my life. So I'm wanting to kind of figure out how to put that piece in because again that's more support to people and I have this vision with the fitness part about doing like walk and talks with young moms like I put your baby that. in a stroller let's go walk and talk but how can I support you can I come and hold your baby so you can shower like how can I now that where I am like I have one more year with my oldest right until college I'm only going to have one kid at home. Yeah. That is going to be super weird. So what can I do now to help young moms? Like I had, like we talked about having that mom help. Mm -hmm. Like my mom came over, right? So how can I be that for somebody else? So that's like my next, on my next page professionally. I love piece. that idea. Yeah. I remember when I had my first two, it was before I was pregnant with my third, and I have a friend who has three kids and her youngest is like, was like seven or eight at the time. And she was like, let me just have your boys over to like spend the night one night. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to take a one-year-old and a three-year-old to spend the night at your house. And the one-year-old is like <laughs> likely not going to sleep through the night. And she's like, yeah, just let me do it for a night. And she did. And it was like, she wasn't even like one of my best friends. She was just like, she was a good friend, but she wasn't like one of my closest friends. And it was like, the best gift ever. And mm -hmm. so, and it was almost one of those things where you wanted to be like, no, it's fine. But then it's like, somebody wouldn't actually just come out and offer that if they didn't want to do it. It's not like I asked her. She was like, came to me and was like, let me do this for you. I will never forget that she did that for me. That's huge. What yeah. a gift. I know. So I'm already thinking about being able to, to pay that back as well. Um, okay. What is a trip that you've taken with your family that you'd recommend? Okay. So we are a family that loves water. So I have like a two part answer to this, like for a weekend here in Ohio, Lakeside, Ohio, up near Sandusky is an amazing little weekend spot. Our family loves it there. Um, it is like a little piece of Americana and it's right on the water. 
and you just feel like all your worries just wash away. Mm-hmm. So that's like our quick that's little nice. family weekend getaway. It's a two-hour drive from Columbus. Perfect. Um, our big trip, we love going to a little island um, in Florida called Boca Grande Island. It's on the West Coast um, in the Gulf. And we usually drive because we like renting homes. We don't like staying in hotels or resorts. We're, we kind of like that privacy um, so we usually drive and we have family. I have, um, my aunt and my cousin live in Orlando. So we stop in Orlando. So there you go. You go to the parks, right? Mm-hmm. Do a park, see our family, get some family time in, and then we'll drive to Boca Grande, which is like four hours from okay. Orlando. And we'll spend the week there. And Boca Grande is another place where you cross a bridge and it's old school Florida. Like it's golf carts. You yeah. run a golf cart for a week. I can run on the whole island at 6 a.m. You see no one. Like, it's just your little island. And you can, you know, you get in the water and it's crystal clear. We saw a manatee 10 feet from us. Like, it's just lovely. And everyone on that island is just simply wonderful. And um, it, it's just a very special place to us. So that's, that's our little family trip. You know, when we moved here, I, we were like, we want to move to North Carolina because you can be like so close to the beach and so close to the mountains. And I think we're quickly realizing like we'd really rather be at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We haven't we haven't done too much mountain stuff yet. But like every time we think of getting away for the weekend, we're always like, what beach should we go to? We just yep. automatically do beach. Yeah, we are beach people. Well, and I'm realizing too, like talking about my mom's family, they were all beach people. Yeah. So I'm like, it comes to me and... I, I grew up on doing the Atlantic near Palm Beach. Um, and so that's all I knew. And then we found this little place and it's just, the Gulf is very different. And, but it's so healing, the sound of the water and your feet in the sand and the, you, you can just take a deep breath. There we're, it just is, our, our family just, becomes you know we kind of all the stress goes away and we just are able to be in that space yeah 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 and there's something about the mountains that I'm like just it's more work I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's beautiful I will say we are gonna do some more mountain stuff yeah soon (laughs) like Asheville you go into Asheville and you go up the mountains I've done that and it's honestly it's simply beautiful there but I've done it and yeah, I would do the same thing. Beach every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Okay. This one, I was like, okay, I love to read. And I am a girl that always has a stack of books. Yes. By that. I always have um, way more than I have time to read. It, well, that's where I am because I have about three started. Yep. And it's <laughs> so um, I say the last one though I read cover to cover was um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Uh-huh which I absolutely loved. I've read all of her books. I've actually had the opportunity to meet her twice. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, and I just think she's Where did you meet amazing. her? Um, I met her, funny enough, I met her at Rock Retreat Run with fellow flowers. Oh, she went to that? Oh, she, she was did. a speaker. She was a speaker. Cool. Um, back in, oh my gosh, I can't remember when that was. I'm sure her but speaking was, fees are outrageous these days. <laughs> yeah, it was, pri- it was prior to that book right before yeah. she got divorced. Uh-huh. So it was long, it was long hair, Glennon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and her book hadn't been released yet. And we all did get a signed copy of that later oh, on. that's which really was cool. Very cool. I read that book too. 
What yeah. was that book called? Oh, I forget, but I it was so good. It and was so I, good. It, yeah, it was so good. And I met her actually a month prior to that um, at a Girls in the Run conference. Oh, cool. She yeah, was a speaker so, there too. She was a speaker there too, too, and she did like meet and greets and stuff. So, and it was she's just a really lovely person. Um, and I actually got to see her speak here in Columbus. Um, she spoke at Upper Arlington High School. I'm trying to think. She was married to Abby at that point, and Abby sat two seats away from me. I was like, "Oh Hello. my goodness, Hello. Um, but I love how she writes. So that's when yeah, I read cover she's to cover. An excellent writer. She and then my other favorite is um, Brene Brown. So yeah. I've read a lot of. I would recommend all of her books. Like those two are the most current ones I've really read. Um, and I'm I'm reading. I love like story stories, and I do that at the beach. Yeah. And with COVID, I haven't been at the beach, so I haven't really gotten into all my stories. Um, but I'm into Tim McGraw's book about grit and grace. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. some, his fitness journey. Um, and I'm reading some business books, you know, so I think that's why they're not cover to cover reads. Cause I kind of get into it and then I'm like, okay, I'm had enough of that. I want something else. Yeah. No, I so, hear that. Um, but I love having a book in my hand. Yes. Like I'm not a reader that's going to read on a Kindle. Like I need to flip the pages. I need to dog ear the pages. Like, so it's an event. It's an event for me. Yeah. Like, getting my cup of coffee. Oh yeah. A cozy place and a blanket. Like that's how I do it. <laughs> Last, um, well, last Friday, and then I was sick all weekend, which is really annoying, but I wasn't feeling sick yet. Um, and it was Friday night and I, my husband had the solo stove out back. He had a fire, had music on. Two of the boys were out back with him. And then my other two boys were just running the neighborhood playing. And I was sitting on the couch inside with the fireplace on reading my Ugh. book with a glass of wine and he was like why don't you come out by the fire it's like perfect out and I'm like I know but this is also perfect and I have like the perfect <laughs> setup and nobody's inside but I like simultaneously wanted to also be outside so I like gave myself and I was like don't ruin how perfect this is though give me this 20 yes. minutes and then I'll and then I'll be out to that fire and so yes. oh. I carried my book with me outside knowing I wouldn't read it but for some reason having it with me made me feel comfort <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You had the perfect situation. Oh, it was the perfect setup. And then I woke up feeling sick and I was like, well, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm actually just feeling joyful remembering that moment right now. So that's good. Um, do you have a kid's book you recommend like something that your kids loved growing up? Okay. I had to go back on this one because it's been a while for me. But this one may be a like a not normal choice. And it's one I love okay. that I would highly, highly recommend. It's called The Little Mouse, The Red Ripe Strawberry, and The Big Hungry Bear. And it's written by Audrey Wood. And it is one that was read when it's a preschool. It's a first community church preschool book that the teachers loved. And I think it was there when I was in preschool and it was definitely there when my kids were in preschool there and they absolutely adored it. And I didn't have it in the house for a long time because they had it at school. And then I just had to buy it because they were super obsessed by it. And it is now like our a family classic. And I sent it to my sister. I have two nieces that um, live in Los Angeles. So I sent it to them because it was one of my favorites. And the kids Aww. then, like it was a good one where, 
they like we would read it to them and then they started learning to read and they they would grab that book right away and read it to us so it's a very sweet story and it has lovely illustrations okay I love that I have this like vision of uh well I need to do a better job on all my show notes for these episodes I compile the list and we always share like the books recommended and stuff but I need like a home page a page for like all the books but I have this vision of like reading the books aloud on like Instagram live on the why is everyone <sighs> yelling page but now I'm like is that legal can you do that can you just read a book know. aloud? you know what I mean I guess as long as you're not recording it as like an audio podcast or something I probably need to make sure it's not illegal but I like love the idea of taking my time and reading it and like inviting the listeners of the podcast to like set the phone up and just be like, Hey kids, listen to Lindsay read for like five minutes or something like that. Oh, is that a good idea idea. or a bad idea? Uh, It's a fantastic idea. If it's legal, if it's legal, legal, I would totally 100% do it. I remember when my nieces were, my oldest niece was little since they live in Los Angeles you know, we had the time difference and just, you know, the distance and we would set up Skype and she would be in the high chair and we, I, and my sister's like, oh, I need to go do something. Can you watch her for a minute? Yeah. Like, yes, entertain her for a minute. Yeah. I get that interaction. I'm like, auntie can read books. Like, so that is something that I got to have in reading books and just having that little short interaction was lovely. Oh, that's so I good. I think that is such a great idea. And I mean, and it can give parents a break. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, wouldn't that be fun? And then you don't like, you know, you know, once your kid, I always like struggle with my kids staring at screens, but I'm like, if they're, someone's reading them a book and then it's Absolutely. like a fun interactive thing. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. What is your last message to leave with our audience? Oh, okay. So to take this season, find peace in it to enjoy with your family, take deep breaths and know if you need help, that asking for help is never a bad thing. And we, there are so many of us moms that are out here willing to be your help and to be your support and to, to feel the magic of the season. I mean, this is crazy. We're still in this crazy pandemic. And now, you know, we're hearing of all the shortages of things, but taking the things out and finding time just to, to be with friends and family and, you know, make an event, make, you know, make a dinner. It doesn't have to be fancy, like, or pull out fancy things and wear your PJs, but make it, which is what our family does, but make an event and, and make those memories because I'm sitting at a point in my life where I almost have a senior in high school and we've done college visits and for as exciting as that is, it's it's making me realize, like, I just want to soak in and grasp every moment I have with having the sounds of all mm-hmm. four of my family members mm-hmm. in my home and our golden doodle Murphy, who is like the center point of our world, mm-hmm. you know, hearing him interact with us and barking and like what those it may be crazy and feeling like you're overwhelmed with it. But take a minute and breathe it all in because it does. It flies so incredibly fast. So find moments in this crazy and soak that in and be with each other. I love it. Thank you so much, Tori. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Tori, for coming on the podcast. 
You can learn more about Tori's work with Chadwick Home. Go to chadwickhome.blog. And you can also find her on Instagram. She is Chadwick Home over there. Let me know if you decide to get an elf on the shelf box. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Personally, I'm Lindsay Hine 626 uh, This podcast is Why Is Everyone Yelling? Make sure you give us a follow over there. We'd love to connect with you. We also have a Facebook group, Why Is Everyone Yelling? And quick reminder, if you are looking for a half marathon or a marathon training plan, you can find my plans that I have personally created at lindsayhine.com. And if you need a great pair of sunglasses at an affordable price, go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another one five for 15% off. All right, friends, have a really great rest of your day. And we will see you next week on why is everyone yelling?